Boom. We are live. Fight Bananas, UFC Paris post-fight show. Live here coming after the fights. Early fight, of course, being that it was in Europe. But we had quite the phenomenal fight card from top to bottom. And on top of the phenomenal fight card, I want to give a great shout-out to all those French fans. Because, my yeah. God, can they sing? Can they dance? What can't they do, man? It just felt like they were they were giving life to the show. Bisping called him the greatest crowd. He might have got some uh, crap from all his fellow Englishmen there. But what a show, capital or periodized by Cyril Gaon just wiping out Sergey Pavlovich. And it was not really even much of a close fight there, much to all. But Blink, let me just get your thoughts, man. What were your thoughts on, on the card overall? Was it Sergey Pavlovich or Sergey Spivak? Pavlovich. Am, am I wrong? Yes, you're wrong. Oh, wow. <laughs> It was Spivak. It was the polar bear, my man. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I totally messed it up. Spivak, yes, sorry. It's all good. It's all good. I was just making sure. I was like, am I wrong? No, no, you are correct. Okay. Anyway, uh, fight card. Thought it was good. I was a little busy. Obviously, it was a time difference being over in La France. Um, But uh, I thought the card was good. I thought the main fight was... Incredible performance by Cyril Gaon. That's exactly what he needed coming off of a bounce back from that loss to John Jones. Can't really, can't really harp too much on that from him because he faced the greatest of all time. Was it a different weight class? Yeah. Is John Jones the greatest of all time? Yeah. So uh, I'm not really mad that Cyril Gaon lost. Maybe he could be disappointed in the way that he lost, and it wasn't much more of a uh, of a fight that we were expecting, especially with two athletic beasts in there. But um, this is exactly the bounce back win that Cyril, Cyril needed to have. And he put on a masterclass. I mean, he pitched a shutout, to use baseball terms. He did absolutely fantastic. Um, I can't say the same for Spivak. Uh, Spivak the polar bear looked a lot more like a puppy dog. Uh, he was just – he was getting beat up on, and he just didn't – He there was no push from him to even try to continue to take the takedown, especially when he was up against the fence. I thought it for a minute Spivak was going to kind of deke uh, gone if he let him connect and faint an injury because he that was like seemingly seeming to be the only way he was going to let him in close enough to where Cyril could smell blood in the water um, but he didn't he just kind of shelled up like a turtle um, very much not like a polar bear and uh, pretty much got his fucking ass handed to him on a plate which I was very surprised for I thought we would have seen a lot more for Spivak but maybe this just speaks to the uh, preciseness of Cyril Gaon's game. Yeah, and I think that's the best word to say it is the preciseness that he had on on the feet, um, targeting the body, targeting the head, just doing exactly what he wanted to do. And it seemed like, man, Cyril Gaon against anybody not named John Jones is going to give them a significant matchup problem when it comes to the speed, when it comes to just the ability to move laterally and, and just do all the little things you know, he's able to do so many things that a regular heavyweight should not be able to do. So um, I think that was just an awesome performance by by Cyril Gaon. I'm not sure what it is about the, the French crowd, but man, he goes out there, he destroys, and he had an absolutely phenomenal performance. Um, so what did you see from Cyril Gaon, and, and what do you think is the future for him? Do you think, you know, maybe after Jones versus Stipe, he's again the next one? Do you think he has another one? What, what do you think of, of Cyril Gaon? And do you think he maybe grew a little bit from his last fight against John Jones? As far as growth, I don't know if there was much growth from the 
from the John Jones fight, uh, I think there was definitely growth. I believe on the on the uh, broadcast they talked about how he had been training with an Olympic judo champion or an Olympic um, sambo. I believe it was judo champion. Um, so he could get better at protecting and defending against takedowns and throws, which that was Spivak's game when he was coming into this. We knew he was going to try to grab you. He was going to try to toss you around, trip you. He's got um, fantastic trips, and he can find a way to get you to the ground. So that was actually the most impressive part of Cyril's game that I hadn't seen yet was the takedown defense, being able to to fend a guy like Sergei Spivak off. Um, but he, there was not – you know, it wasn't um, – above and beyond anything that I knew that Cyril Gaon could do before. His precision, he's one of the most accurate heavyweight strikers, if not the most accurate heavyweight striker of all time, um, even though you know we have a litany of other people um, from, that, from that class. Uh, so he looked crisp. That's all I want to say. Every part of his game looked extremely crisp, extremely tightened up. He did not show almost a single flaw in this entire match. So that is something that he needs to get back to is just, Hey, going in, I have a game plan executed. Don't rush. He did a fantastic job of not rushing Sergey. He beat him and broke him down exactly the way he needed to do it. As far as what's next. Um, I know we've talked about this on the show and I think I'm going to take something out of L Dawson's book that she said on the show. Oh, probably a month or two ago um, was that, uh, I'm wondering if John Jones does take down Stipe and gets the win. Does he retire at that point? We don't know. So I wouldn't throw Cyril gone back into the ring with John Jones because I can't say that he's even going to be around at that point. I want to see the, the fight that Michael Bisman talked about in the octagon. I want to see Tom Aspinall. Those two guys to me are two of the most athletic, agile um, movement finesse based guys in the heavyweight division. Tom is just, he's got power. He can wrestle. He's got the submission game. He can do a little bit of everything and he moves very well on his feet. Cyril gone is like a goddamn deer. He is just so light on his feet, switching stances, going back and forth, keeping his head off of that center line. Um, so yeah, I, I want to see that fight first because, okay, you beat a number seven guy. That's good. And you demolish him. You beat him exactly how he should be beaten. Are you also tired of one-size-fits-all weight loss plans? Meet Noom, the personalized solution that meets you where you are. Noom is able to understand your unique needs, from dietary restrictions to medical concerns. Unlike restrictive programs, Noom embraces your lifestyle and choices. Discover a sustainable approach to weight loss, tailored just for you. Honestly, Noom felt like it was made for me. It's not just about what I eat. It's about understanding why. With Noom, I've learned so much about myself and built healthier habits that stick. It's all about progress, not perfection. Say goodbye to restrictive diets and experience the Noom app for yourself with personalized lessons and expert coaching. Noom's psychology and biology-based approach has helped over 5.2 million people achieve their goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. I want to see the fight against Tom Aspinall. Um, do, we, do we know what Sergei Pavlovich, different Sergei, John, uh, do we know what Sergei Pavlovich's next fight is? Or is he even slated for a fight at this point? 
That's a good point. <clears throat> That's what I meant to say is the next matchup should be Sergei Pavlovich. Um, because that was that's definitely in my opinion the next like that's the potentially the next heavyweight contender match right it's it's him it's pavlovich and it's tom aspinall it's those next generation heavyweight superstars essentially right that are going to be carrying the division for a long time like i can see tom aspinall being at the top of division for a long time granted he stays healthy i can see uh cyril gone doing to what he did for a long time like i don't see him having to really change too much, even only being in just getting into double digit fights in his career, yeah. not too long ago. Right. It's only it's having overall fight. Yeah, exactly. So he, him being as, you know, inexperienced as he is for him to have the fights that he has for him to put on the performances that he's put on um, against the competition that he's had against, uh, I think is super impressive. Like you said, I think that's a really good matchup him versus Tom Aspinall. You know, you have Aspinall with the ability to strike, obviously, we saw the knockout that he had last time, splitting the guard of his opponent, mm-hmm. dropping them uh, pretty much immediately. And then he has the uh, ability to, as well, take his opponent down because we know since he's grown up, his jujitsu has been great, right? He's yes. so he's 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 good with all those things. So I, I think with with that matchup, it'll be super exciting. I'm going to put you a little bit on the hot seat, Blake. Oh, you're good. I'm going to let you uh, take the matchup. Who do you think gets it done? Tom Aspinall? See, I am a big Tom Aspinall fan. I love the way he fights. Uh, And again, he reminds me of baby Frank Mir. It looks like we just got an update from John. What happened? Oh, nothing. No, no, no. Okay, your face. It looked like we had an update or something. Um, So this is hard because both fighters are extremely good on their feet. And... Um, obviously I'm going to take Tom on the ground, but if, if Cyril Gunn continues to really hammer down that, that jujitsu, uh, I'm sorry, hammer down those throws and that takedown defense, it might be hard for Tom because Cyril Gunn is absolutely jacked. I don't know at this point who has more power. I'd love to say Tom Aspinall does, but just the precision of how the, the precision that Cyril Gunn has, you don't need amazing power when you have lightning precision. You really don't because all you need to do is put it in the right spot, and that's what Cyril Gaon has. Honestly, and I know you put me on the hot seat, I don't know if I have an answer for that. It's a matchup that I would love to see because I truly do not know the outcome, and I don't know if I'd be able to tell you who'd win. I'd like to lean – professionally, I'd like to lean towards Cyril Gaon. I think he's got all the tools to make something happen. The problem is I don't know how well Cyril Gaon faces adversity. He really hasn't had any, and when we did see him face adversity with Jones – he crumbled. And, but again, that's against the greatest of all time. When he did face adversity against Francis Ngannou, who has amazing power, but he also has the wrestling, he wasn't able to do anything on the ground. As a fan, I'd like to lean towards Tom Aspinall. I think Tom Aspinall weathers adversity a lot better. So in this one, I'm going to eke out Tom Aspinall for the win on that, only because I'm not convinced that, that uh, Cyril Gaon can handle adversity that well. I, I 100% agree with you. I think Tom Aspinall... You know, when you look at the advantages that Sirogan has had against his opponents, it's usually against the slower moving, flat footed heavyweights, right? When you have the guys that are a little bit more mobile or even a little more explosive, like you mentioned, the Francis and Ganus, right? Uh, those type of people he has trouble with, right? It's, and you, you look at the fifth round of him versus Nganu. He had Nganu taken down. He had him on his back. It was tied 2-2 going into the fifth. And he could have won the championship of the world, essentially, by keeping Ganu or keeping Francis Ngannou on his back. But unfortunately for what happened to him, he he got reversed by a guy that 
didn't have any ACLs, right? Yeah. He had. We knew that Francis Ngannou's knees were injured, obviously well, post yeah. post fight. But coming back, he was able to get the reversal, win the fight, win the championship. And Francis Ngannou is now going to go fight Tyson Fury, essentially, right? And made a name for himself because of that. So Cyril Gan definitely, because of the um, adversity that he's faced, has lost two great opportunities. One against Francis Ngannou, two against John Jones. So I agree with you there. I think Tom Aspinall uh, is just has a little bit more well-roundedness. Like if you had to look at, you know, the entirety of the MMA skills, you have a guy in Cyril Gan that's been doing it for a little while, of course, you know, reached the top of the level. Uh-huh. But you have somebody that's been doing it their whole life in Tom Aspinall. Yes. And I think that's the difference. I also I also think that um, location would play a huge part in that. Let's say they did that fight in London. Got to go with Tom Aspinall. Let's say you do the fight in France again. I know they won't, obviously, but let's say you did just for shits and gigs, uh, I might have to lean towards Cyril Gone. When you have the backing of the crowd with you, it plays a huge factor. Now, I uh, to be to be a devil's advocate, I could also see Tom Aspinall wanting to go into London, or I'm sorry, wanting to go into France as the Londoner he is and wanting to take that shit down in front of the, the opposing enemy territory. You know what I mean? So um, obviously I think it'll be a neutral site if that fight does go down. So... At that point, I think I still eke out Tom Aspinall, man. I just, I just think he's got more, he's got more chutzpah to him. You know what I mean? He's got more grit, and he can weather the storm. I think better than what we've seen at this point from Cyril Gunn. But I, I would love to be proven wrong. You know what I mean? I love watching both of those fighters, and like you said, these are the two guys that are going to be, you know, two or three guys that are going to be leading the rest of this uh, division for hopefully a long time to come. So um, either way, I'm just I'm I'm freaking zooted for the fight, man. Yeah, it should be an excited one. Shout out to Cyril Gon for getting the win in Paris, France. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the next fight. We had we just talked about the heaviest weight class. We had somebody moving up from the lightest weight class in Rose Namajunas taking on Marion Fano. Um, that was a pretty fun fight too. Rose obviously breaking her finger. In the first round, it seemed like her pinky got broken. Uh, when she was drinking her water between rounds, she was drinking it all fancy with her pinky up. So that's when you really figured out that that pinky was giving her issues. But uh, man, Faro just what a beautiful game plan. I think it was a very even. I know, went on Twitter after the fight and everybody was giving uh, Faro the, essentially giving her the victory. But I thought it was a lot closer than, than that because I th- in the first round, I felt like Rose did a good job um, counter-striking, landing some good low kicks. Uh, obviously in the second, third round, she didn't have as much striking. She wasn't able to use that hand as much. So she had to even switch to Southpaw at times just to try to make it work. But unfortunately for her, of course, her opponent, beautiful jabs towards the end of the fight, landed some nice little furies, not really too much damage, uh, as far as, you know, moments in this fight, like this wasn't a fight of many moments, right? This was a fight where you saw a technical masterpiece from both women from start to finish. The biggest part of the fight essentially was when Rose headbutted her in the head. And man, that image, insane. Like the blood leaking from the side of her opponent's head all the way down. That was something to be seen. That was that was pretty cool, to be honest. And for her to get the win after that and have yeah. that image was uh, was pretty cool. So shout out to her. It's going to be between her and Aaron Blanchfield to face off uh, the winner there. I, I think Aaron probably had the better performance, but still she was able to get the win over Thug Rose. It was a, it was a big, you know, former champion. Huge name. That's how you're able to make your name. You've got to beat those names um, that come before you. Blake, what were your thoughts on the performance? 
Um, I was I was super excited. I'm a diehard Thug Rose fan, as we've talked about. No, John, she is not trash. I don't care about what your opinion is off screen. I'm going to bring it out into the light because it needs to be heard. Uh, I was there for all of Thug Rose's moments in her career. The the Yo Jacek one, Yo Jacek two, Wei Lee one, Wei Lee two. I was there for those massive moments and have seen what she has done in the spotlight. I was there for the Andrade fight when she got dumped on her head when she was winning that fight and up until that point. Um, so. I was really excited to finally see her back in the ring and up a weight class. You know, uh, I believe Michael Chandler, or I'm sorry, Michael Bisbin spoke about how when he asked Doug Rose, why not go after Whaley again? You've already beaten her twice. Why not try to get that belt back and get to the top of the mountain? And, and Rose's answer was pretty chilling. She said, I've already climbed that mountain. I've already, I've already succeeded as much as I can in that division. I want to challenge. I want to climb Everest now. I've already done Kilimanjaro. Now we're going to go after Everest, okay? I thought that was a great answer. Um, it does have it did have me a little bit worried though coming into this fight. Faroe obviously looked a, a bigger. Um, she's the taller opponent. She she looked more muscular than Rose. Rose obviously had put on a little bit of weight and, and muscle mass, which was great to see. Um, but the fight between these two was spectacular. Faroe obviously has been um, you know skyrocketing up the division. She is sitting in the number three spot and now will likely, like you said. Um, I don't know if it's going to be between her and Blanchfield or if mm-hmm. somebody's going to get the jump up to, to uh, Shevchenko. Shevchenko obviously is going to fight off uh, Alexa Grasso. Um, but the the fight between these two really was a technical masterpiece. Early on in the fight, you saw Rose doing a lot of head movement. She looked like her boxing – I mean, to take a page out of Ali's book, her boxing uh, – uh, you know, why am, I, why am I losing the term now? But uh, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee essentially – Rose was doing a really good job of keeping her head out of the line of fire, um, which was awesome. So Faroe was firing her right hand, and every time she would fire this right-hand jab, Rose would actually duck and come under with the same side underhook, which was catching Faroe a couple times early on in that first round and even in the second round. Um, Faroe was doing a very good job of keeping her distance. She had good takedown defense. She was not letting Rose get her to the ground at all, which was that's a great game plan. Rose is pretty deadly on the ground. She's got a lot of submission wins, but she is also a really good striker. So she thought, hey, I'm going to match my striking with your striking. We're going to go head-to-head. If I can just keep myself off the ground, it's going to be a good battle. And that's what we saw. I thought the match was a lot closer. I can't believe somebody did score a 30-27. I thought that was pretty crazy. Um, you know, 28-29, I, I thought that was definitely the the range that I was going for. I do believe um, – had the headbutt not occurred, maybe we would feel differently about the damage done to Faroe in this fight. I think blood obviously sways uh, sways people. Didn't sway the judges. You can clearly tell that. But I thought the blood probably swayed me as a spectator watching this because you see her face painted, obviously. She looks like she's in Braveheart, just blood smattered all down the right-hand side of her. Um, I do believe, though, that had Rose not broken her finger – in the first round, I mean, I'm not sure if it's broken. We don't have exact clarity on that, but we heard her say, uh, my finger, I think my finger's broken. And I don't actually know if it was her pinky or if it was her ring finger that got broken. I think she was she was compensating with her pinky because it was it's the one right next to the ring finger. So I don't quite know which finger it was, but I do believe clearly she wasn't able to throw her right hand the way she wanted to, which is why you saw her switching to southpaw so she could jab with the right and give power with the left instead of normally her, her right hand is her power hand. So um, I, this was this was kind of a toss-up. You could see it go either way. Um, I did have at the end, I did think Fro probably eked it out, but I, did, I thought it was close enough to where 
Um, the overall fight itself was very fun to watch. Like you said, a little lackluster in as far as like big shot moments, but it was a technical masterpiece to watch, and that was awesome. So um, the overall fight, great. Unfortunately for Thug Rose, didn't get it done. We'll see what's next for Faro. Um, I, I believe it's going to be her versus Blanchfield, so we'll see how that happens. And then, what do you think next is? What do you think is next for Thug Rose? Where does she go from here? She obviously hasn't fought in a while. This is her coming back after I believe her loss to Carla Esparza, um, which we can all say was probably one of the worst fights ever as a championship fight. Um, just was that was the way that the cards fell. Uh, what do you think is next for her? She clearly has made it known she wants to stay in this division. So what do you think they throw at her next? See, I think that's really where it becomes interesting because now that she lost, it's okay. You're now in limbo, right? Because yeah. you're in another division where you weren't necessarily ever the champion there, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're, you're taking a step up. Obviously, your opponent was a little bit bigger, did a really good job with the takedown defense as well. Like, I definitely want to give um Pharrell her her love for the takedown defense that she had like she did a really good job with uh making sure that Rose didn't get on top of her for any point of this fight so something I think I'd like to see is how is Rose movement versus another fighter that has decent movement as well right one of the gatekeepers of division maybe Caitlin Chikagian that's what I was thinking (laughs) I'm not a biggest Caitlin Chikagian fan per se but she is like one of the gatekeepers for the division like at the top right she's there and I think for Thug Rose, if she's able to get the win over a fighter that's able to put down a lot of contenders for the most part, she's just going to make it, um, she's going to be able to stand out in the division a lot more, right? She's going to be able to stamp her name there because if she loses against her, then it's like, okay, maybe she doesn't belong in the division if she can't beat the divisional gatekeeper. What do you think about that matchup? Um, as far as the Chikagian matchup? Yes. That was actually the one that I was looking at because I was like, you can't really get, throw her too far down. You're not going to give her, you know, somebody outside the top ten. I wouldn't think because she right. is she is a former champion. She she was coming off a loss in the championship belt, and now she just lost to the girl who's probably going to be the runner up for the championship belt. So so her resume of losses recently is not a bad resume. It's just it's just been kind of a weird, like you said, limbo area for for Rose Namajunas. She lost for a champion, and then she lost to somebody who's about to be the champion. So you can't give her somebody outside the top 10. I think Caitlin Jukagian looks good. Maybe you give her somebody like Lauren Murphy. Um, the reason I say that is because I think Lauren Murphy's. I think she's just there based on toughness. I don't think that – I mean, I think Rose tears her apart. Uh, I really do. But she's sitting at rank number seven right now in that division. So it's like, okay, you, we know you're not worse than seven. So where do you now fall in that top seven category, Rose? And can you hold your own in this division? Laura Murphy's a lot bigger than her. So it would be interesting to see maybe if they did something like that. Um, but I think giving her somebody at number five like Kate and Chukagian would, would be uh, a pretty solid matchup because if she gets beasted by Chukagian, um, then really now you're kind of looking at, all right, Rose, where do you go now? Do you stay in this division? Do you, are you done? Do you go back down? Um do you go back down to uh, straw weight? So it's like, it's just, it's a little interesting. She's in an odd position right now. Definitely in an odd position, like you said, because if she loses against uh, and then it's like, okay, where do you do with her from there, right? Yeah. That's that's really the biggest question. If she gets the win, okay, you get her from the top. You know what I mean? Like, um, But I, I also like the point you said about Lauren Murphy. Like, that's also a good potential candidate because she's also another one that's close to the top of the division has a solid all around skill set that she can make sure potentially get the win from there too. Right. So um, 
and it would be a good win for Murphy. So she would uh, have a little bit of an incentive to take that challenge too. You know what I mean? I mean um, I'm looking at Andrade, but she's she's faced Andrade twice. Maybe you do an Andrade three. She got she beat she got beat by Andrade the first time. Then she comes back and beats Andrade. So do you make that a third fight, or both of them interesting enough to make that a third fight? Because then she's sitting at number six, Jessica Andrade in the flyweight division, and you're like, okay, she beat Andrade, and I don't think anybody is sleeping on Andrade right now. So you know, any any of that that five, six, seven area, I think any of those fighters would be a, a good a good match for Rose coming up. Yeah, definitely. Now, this is one of the fights that I kind of wanted to talk a little more about it because this was actually a crazy exciting fight. One of the best fights of the night, Benoit Saint-Denis versus Thiago Moises. And what a performance. Like, holy crap. I thought Thiago Moises was going to come in. Um, and I, I knew it was going to be a competitive matchup, right? I definitely know it was going to be a competitive matchup. But, man, Benoit Saint-Denis, the way he was able to get the takedowns, the way he was able to control and the grappling, just do absolutely everything he wanted to do. And once he was able to get Benoit down, once he was able to, he got some nice elbows too, which was, and and cut him open, right? Cut Moises wide open, was able to get on top, eventually get him close to the cage and, and end him, right? Get the TKO victory there. But this was a very surprising victory for me, for Benoit Saint-Denis, because I thought Tiago Moises, he's almost borderline uh, ranked in that division, right? So mm-hmm. I thought you were going to see that difference in level. But man, Benoit Saint-Denis, phenomenal performance top to bottom, able to get the win. I know this was uh, one of the fights you were excited about or excited after when we watched it. What were your thoughts on the fight? Oh, phone's going off getting ESPN updates. Uh, the fight overall was awesome. This This was probably my favorite fight of the night. Because it had a little bit of everything. It had blood. It had action. It had takedowns. It had big hits. It had it had um, kind of a lesser known. Uh, I, I don't want to say Benoit uh, Saint Denis is is not a known person, especially out there in France. But um, you know that's not a name that jumps off the page to you when you're initially looking at the fight card. He came in and stepped up to a guy in Thiago Moises that was. Um, I think a lot of people have a tremendous amount of respect for, and he is a great fighter, like you said, teetering right there on being um, in the top ranking. But, man, St. Denis came out and put on a fucking show, and he did it in all aspects. He did it on the ground. He did it through strikes. He even said, quote, himself, I'm the best boxer in the lightweight division, okay? And honestly, after seeing that, I might say, dude, you might have an argument. I might not agree with you, but you might have an argument. Um, he just looked fantastic. Obviously, he was able to cut cut uh, Moises um, in the fight uh, with a nasty elbow when he was on top of him and some ground and pound, which I think severely hampered Moises. So um, the overall fight was fantastic. If that's not fight of the night, um, I probably didn't see the rest of it, and I don't really know um, what they would give fight of the night. But to me, that one was freaking awesome. Um, so back john's back had a little technical difficulty but he's back um but yeah so overall i think that one might be fight of the night for me it was it had everything you wanted in the fight and the crowd behind it was just amazing quick pause is france the best crowd that we've ever heard on a ufc promotion not once but twice three times i mean they the way they do it, it's like you're at a stop. It's it's like you're like at an Arsenal game or something. I mean, the the fans are singing and dancing, and I'm not trying to take away from the fight, but just goddamn, the crowd was fucking awesome tonight, man. 
Man, no, you're absolutely right. I, I agree with you there because it sounded like a pro wrestling crowd, right? Like yes. they were just loud. They were in your face. They were singing. They were doing everything that you want a crowd to do to give extra life to the show, man. So shout out to the crowd for, for like you said, what they did. It was adding to every single fight that they had. I think there were nine fighters on this card from Paris or from France. Um, one of them being a, a matchup against each other. So, yeah. you know, only, only French loss was against two French fighters. So somebody had to lose. Other than that, they were undefeated. Literally, literally. So they did a really good job, man. Um, giving their fighters some energy, just giving them something to go out there and for fight for, because every guy or every female from Paris who went out there and won, they showed love to the crowd, right? They were out there and the crowd showed love right back. And I think that was the most exciting, one of the most exciting parts um, of the card tonight. Uh, so that one was in a fun fight. Benoit Saint-Denis, Volkan Ozdemir versus Bogdan Guskov, right? Ozdemir, beautiful left hook to hurt him, left hook to drop him, followed up with some little punches on the inside to get him down, and then sinked in the rear naked choke. It was it was a beautiful fight. It was an exciting fight, man. Obviously, you're not going to take too much from this. Granted, the other his opponent was was unranked. Uh, yeah. But Volkan Ozdemir looked great in that fight, and that was a fun man, fun one, man. What was going through your head watching that fight? So I'm one of these guys that, to me, Volkan Ozdemir has a lot of hype, but sometimes doesn't de- a lot of times has not delivered the way we want him to deliver. He's got nasty knockout power. So does Bogdan. Um, again, a guy who's uh, Fairly unmentioned, and, and he is unranked. But I thought uh, Ozdemir, really in that first round, Bogdan came out and and landed some heavy shots on Ozdemir. Caught me off guard, and I was like, man, is this going to be another one where Ozdemir goes down when he should be getting the win? Because um, that's just what I've come to expect from Ozdemir. Yes, he's put on great performances before, but there's been times where he's just not – I mean, he's just looked – not in the game. He doesn't look comfortable quite. And I thought that was going to be the beginning. He then was able to com- to to collect himself and really just start going to work um, on uh, Bogdan Guskov. But uh, Ozdemir looked fantastic. I believe he was coming off of a uh, – I don't know if it was a left hand or a right hand surgery. Um, so one of the hands. One of the hands, yeah. One of, either way, one of his two weapons uh, he was coming off of a surgery for, so that obviously looked good, him being able to throw that with confidence. And so the fight was good. Um, it happened exactly how it should have gone down, which is good for Ozdemir. Um, so, yeah, no, that was a good fight, but I was a little worried there at the beginning. I thought the, I thought that uh, Guskov might be catching him because he was coming out swinging real quick. And he was landing some good punches, but Ozdemir obviously able to to land some beautiful left hands and then essentially get the, the rear naked choke. Yeah, absolutely got it then there. Another Frenchman, Morgan Scherer, with some beautiful body kicks, man, to Milono Zucchini. This yeah. was one of the fights that I was not expecting uh, the amount of fun for this fight that I saw. But, man, Morgan Scherere, he was able to hurt him to the body with a couple of punches, followed it up with a nice liver kick. And while Mono, Manolo Zucchini was actually hunched over, um, starting to grab his his abdomen due to the pain of the leg kick or from the body kick. He kicked him again in the body in the same spot, dropped him, ended up getting the win. Shout out to Morgan Shireri there uh, with that one. And I want to give one shout out also to one of the fights. In the, I mean, prelims were pretty good overall, but Ange Lusa versus Reese McGee. First yes. of all, Reese McGee getting the nickname of the Irish Zombie. By Bisping, which is definitely well-deserved because the shots that Ange Lusa unleashed on this man, and he ate, 
I was I had no idea because it literally seemed like he was his head was a punching bag. He just went to town 15, 20 straight punches. And I wish I was exaggerating. I am not. Reese McGee stood there somehow, did not drop, able to finish the fight, almost actually finished Ange Lusa towards the end of that one with 30 seconds to go. Seemed like he cut Lusa and then uh, Lusa was actually reeling. Potentially could have got the stoppage win there. Would have been one of the craziest comebacks of all time. But in the end, Ange Lusa was able to get the victory. Were you able to check this one out at all? So I was only able to see, I believe, the first round. And to me, Lusa was landing a bunch of good shots, especially to the body. I saw some good heavy body. We saw a lot of really good body shots today. Cyril Gaon took advantage of the body shots like an absolute terminator. Um, uh, even Rose put in Rose and uh, Faro put in some good body shots. Uh, on on uh, is it Ange? Ange Lusa put in some really, really just a couple of those. I was like, dude, how are you still standing with that? But that goes to give credit to the name of the Irish Zombie. So um, all credit to these guys. So that's really all I had for the takeaway of that. I did not see the final round of the decision. Um, but if I had to make my decision based off the first round, I would have gone with Ange Luso as well. Yeah, phenomenal fight overall, guys. Like I said, the card was absolutely great. This one had a, a lot of uh, rewatchability, actually, in my opinion. Uh, if you guys want to check out some fun fights on the prelims, Farad Basharat versus Clydeson Rodriguez was a good fight. Um, you also had the main prelim, the future prelim, Taylor Lapilus versus Colin uh, Loughran, which was a fun fight to see as well. Guys, we appreciate you checking out the Fight Bananas post-fight show here um, with me and my boy Blake. Appreciate you guys checking us out. Blake. Any closing thoughts before we lock it out here? Closing thoughts. Thought it was overall good. I thought the main card definitely gave us a lot to watch. Like like John said, a lot of rewatchability, especially for the main card. Um, the main fight of the evening was a little uh, anticlimactic, but it was it was how it should have gone if Cyril Gone is the truth and the beast that he is. So um, no discredit to that man. He put on an absolute tech tech tech. Tacular, tectacular. There you go. We'll give. We'll make a new name up right here. It's tectacular finish in performance. So um, happened the way it happened the way it should. We'll see what's up with Rose Namajunas. Does she land in limbo? Obviously, for Rose, got her uh, upcoming against Blanchfield, and then whatever is going on with this women's flyweight with the top the top four right now, that's going to be awesome to watch. So there's there's a lot of uh, implications going forward that'll have some really cool storylines that we'll see, but. Um, do we have any do we have any winners of the night tonight no winners no posted i just checked it up we do not not yet okay. no, no worries no worries we can check those out later but uh appreciate you guys for joining in yeah it's a little odd we're not uh, on at 1 or 2 a.m like we are on the uh, the east coast or central standard time so uh no worries uh got to get one out there in the middle of the day but john ramakan always my man you are freaking awesome and i appreciate you guys joining the show I yeah, appreciate you guys. And as always, appreciate Guerrilla Warfare for helping us out. Appreciate Fight Bananas, Mr. Dave Van Auken, for giving us the platform. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, follow us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on the podcast feed, all that good stuff. So that way we'll take care of you after the fights. You know we bring on guests in here. We got UFC fighters. We got L. Dawson. We got maybe even Bree coming on here one day. We got a lot of people that come here and join our post-fight show. Grant Dawson. Everybody. Everybody, yeah. we got the whole Dawson family on here. We might even have the dog here soon one time. Awesome. Yeah, there you go. But, hey, appreciate everybody for watching. Blake, appreciate you for being as wonderful as you always are. Make sure you guys, like I said, follow us, like, and we'll see you guys after the next fight.